Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, day 48. Yesterday we took our first proper crack at emotions, or rather an emotion. And of course I'm not suggesting it's something you can you can solve, and there you go, now you're great at conveying emotion for forevermore. Different books, different characters, different scenarios demand different approaches. But I do think playing around this topic a bit helps us to be more flexible and creative in the ways we approach emotions. You know, treating a big old emotion like love less as a word we can just drop into the story and more like a direction we can triangulate towards with all these environmental clues. So today's task is quite simple. In a sense, I want you to take the scene from yesterday, the character in the shop, and rewrite it with the character feeling a different pervasive emotion could be one that feels opposite could be you know if you want to challenge yourself one that's subtly different but close you know what's the difference that you in what you notice and describe if a character's now feeling shame instead of sadness but no need to do one that's adjacent if that sounds too taxing you know the be- the easiest way to do this is to create a big contrast now just in case you're worrying I'm not going to repeat this exercise any more times than today. This is the last time we're going to be covering this scene. I know we've done it before and so alarm bells might be ringing. Don't worry. I I just think to get this really locked in and to emphasise the options open to you, I want you to have a go at reimagining an environment that to a certain extent you're already familiar with um, through a different lens. You know, what aspects of the shop does your narrative and by implication your viewpoint character notice now that they didn't notice before what bits do they leave out where does the story slow down to go into detail where does it move faster than it did last time summarizing and are there any things or people or circumstances that seem quite different in this new emotional light and you know by the way just to be clear you can either rewrite the previous scene with new circumstances or if you're keen that this all be part of the same continuity the character might be entering the shop on a different day key restriction though same as yesterday don't mention the emotion they're experiencing or any of its synonyms we're just trying to see if we can evoke it in the reader without using it show don't tell right you got yourself 10 whole minutes to see this through are you ready Three, two, one, go.
and you're done. Obviously, there's more to emotion than pure environment. You know, we have physiological experiences, our stomach clenching, a tight chest, sweating, a racing heart. We might change our body language, hunching over, grinding our teeth or or dancing. You know, all those status effects can interact in a complicated way, actually, with emotion. The aim here is to not prescribe one way of conveying a character's emotion, but to expand your range of options, your suite of tactics you have uh, ready when you come to write a scene. You can, of course, just boldly state a character's emotional state. It's not wrong. I'm talking about tactics. I'm talking about norms, but I'm not talking about absolutes. Um, I do it myself. Here's a bit from my first novel, The Honours. Quote, She stood ramrod straight with black hair that fell piratically across her left eye. Delphine was hungrily in love with her. End quote. There's zero subtext there. I just say it. Looking back, I I do wonder if the second sentence wouldn't have been better as Delphine was hungrily in love. So we end on the most important word, love. But I don't think there can be any doubt who she's in love with in that particular sentence. Uh, But, you know... uh, Post hoc uh, edits aside, one thing I will say, it's important that this moment of straightforward telling, where I just say, Delphine was in love, right? No evoking there. I do think it's important that that straightforward bluntness comes immediately after my being very specific with concrete details, uh, describing the person. I've described the object of her love in detail. If I'd written... She was really striking and rebellious. Delphine was hungrily in love with her. I think it wouldn't have worked. I think that would have sucked. So being blunt occasionally can be very effective. I'm, I'm very happy with, with, with my having said she was in love, right? I, I, it was something that I wanted to be unambiguous. But I just think you have to pick your battles. If you do it all the time, it's like you keep digging the reader in, in the ribs to explain the movie you're watching together with them. Oh, see that guy? That's such and such. Oh, I reckon he doesn't believe him. You know, it's, it's it's irritating. It takes people out of the moment and it and it denies them their own interpretations. They might have already got there. And and you come across as like very patronizing and needy if you don't trust your readers to draw conclusions like they're complete muppets. But here and there, you might might be important to you to not leave any doubt. You might want these little signposts where you step in and go, hey, just to be clear. Sometimes it's quickest, rather than kind of like dancing around it, implying things, to just say what you mean. And on that bombshell, I shall bid you adieu, which literally means to God. An odd thing to say, mildly sinister in fact. But there we go. To God with you. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.